Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16. Let's go. You're going to talk about the family of Cain. So Cain has just slew or slown, I'm not sure how to say it, uh, Abel. And he was having a conversation with God and he was saying, I'm going to run from you. I'm going to hide from you, thinking he could outrun God. And that's his choice. But remember this, no matter how far you've run away from God, and trust me, I've run away from him before I put everything in front of him. I made him one of my last priorities, if even a priority on my list of, you know, 20 things at that moment. And I turned and he was there, just arms wide open, accepting, loving, forgiving, just waiting for me to make him preeminent in my life, not only prominent, but preeminent and number one, numero uno priority. And I pray that you would do the same. There's great peace and sweetness in it. Verse 16, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Erod, and Erod begot Mahujael, and Mahujael begot Methusael, and Methusael begot Lamech. All right, so 16, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Um, so think about this word presence. If you accept Jesus and repent, then you can be in the presence of God. In fact, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, literally indwells you and seals you. Let's look at one of my favorite verses of the Bible, Ephesians 1.13. Um, I'll pick up kind of in the middle. Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What that tells us is right there. When you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He is he prom- he makes a promise and he will deliver on it. He seals you, and that's why you can't be indwelled by a demon once you are in Christ, because it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and Christ doesn't share space with anything or anyone. Uh, it's him alone inside of you. Not the de- demon, uh, no demons, no Satan. Uh, he doesn't share that space. And he says it's a guarantee of our inheritance. So it's a guarantee once you accept Jesus and you have that salvation. Uh, it's a guarantee. It's not going away. You can't lose it. You can't lose eternal life. Otherwise, it was never eternal. Does that make sense? Some, uh, some people in a lot of religions, you look at Mormonism, you look at Catholicism, you look at many others, and they say, well, if you don't continue to do these works and do these things and pay these tithes and repent you know, continually and pray to this saint or this person or blah, 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 then you lose your salvation or you can't get to the best heaven. You have to go to a purgatory or you have to go to a second or third tier heaven. No, no, no. There's one heaven. It's where God dwells. And that's where you get to be if you believe in Jesus because you're covered, painted with the blood of Jesus, which makes you white as snow. All right, so God's presence is one of our presence. His presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, is one of our presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. Uh, but those who fail to repent, who fail to declare him to be their Lord, those people will not be in the presence of God. Yet God patiently waits for them to turn to him. And it says, And dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Nod means wandering. Instead of pressing into God, he wandered away from God. He thought his ways were better. Now, here's the application. You and I have wandered away from God. And here's the question. 
Have you ever wandered instead of turning to God and uh, to lead you? Have you fully trusted that His way is superior to yours? If not, then how about making today the day that you stop wandering around and focusing on all the detours and the dead ends of life and instead become part of the way? And that phrase, the way, that's what the early church was called. People who followed Christ, they called him the way. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So people referred to Christians as the way. So you're part of the way if you follow Jesus. Verse 17, and Cain knew his wife. Now, we talked about what new means. That means he had sexual relations. And he, so who did, who did he marry? Well, he married one of his sisters because, or our niece, uh, married one of his sisters or nieces because those are the only choices. But don't worry about this, right? People say, oh, that's disgusting. Well, even if you believe in evolution, which is false, even if you believe in evolution, the same is going to be true there. Let's say you had two fish who at the same time grew, uh, you know, walked onto land and grew legs at the same time and grew lungs at the same time. And then they had a baby. Well, the only way for that baby to have another baby would be to have relations with its parent or with another sibling, right? So even evolutionists have the same, <laughs> same issue. Um, but that's not how it all had to start. And they weren't worried about genetic uh, defects of children because sin hadn't taken a large grip on DNA and reproduction at that point. The further we get from that sin, the worse that death, disease, and illness has kind of overtaken the human race and, and the animal kingdom at that. And so sin has taken a bigger grip, and that's why we have these you know, genetic abnormalities and um, stuff today if someone were to have relations with, say, their um, close relative. Um, and today we have... Uh, lots of genetic problems and we're only living about 70 to 80 years on average when people back then were living hundreds of years, some even roughly a thousand years, right? The lifespan was a lot longer back then because sin had not taken such a grip on the world at that point in time. But as sin has grown over time, it's taken a deeper grip. We live less. Uh, gravity has worse effects on us. Um, genetic abnormalities, DNA issues have uh, bigger problems on us. All right, it says she conceived and bore Enoch, and let's look at Enoch. That means fugitive or wild ass, I think donkey. And then it says, and he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. So he, here he is trying to build an empire. He ran away from God. He wandered away from God. That's what Nod means. Something that will last and glorify himself and his family. Many of your neighbors and family and friends are doing the same. I'm an ambitious person, and I like to compete, so I work hard for my family. But God has taken my desires that I had in my teenage years and in my 20s, which was to be super rich and on the cover of magazines and revered by my classmates and her friends, to today where I have none of those desires. He changed my heart. That's not to say that at times I don't struggle with jealousy or covetousness, covetousness because I do, but it's pale in comparison to the past. I work hard to provide and to give money away, but it's no longer about making a name for myself, but rather making the name of Jesus to be known and understood to the degree that more people would make Jesus their number one priority in their lives. And I encourage you in that, if you're hyper-focused on making a name for yourself for success and money and putting your name on a building and people know you, 
Ask God to help you with that. Ask God to take away that desire, not the desire to work. You want to work hard for your family, but that you wouldn't be glorified, but that Jesus would be glorified. And there, I promise you there's much, much more peace and a far more joy in that uh, than there is in trying to make a name for oneself. And then um, it says, and he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. So here began a long tradition of praising one's own name. Cain named the city after his son so that all would be reminded of his family's presence and power. He got the glory and recognition rather than God. Today, that tradition holds steady with the vast majority of the population, especially the ultra-wealthy. For example, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation brings glory to themselves and none to God. And interestingly, interestingly they, that name is not tarnished because they couldn't even stay together, or their name of that foundation is not tarnished because they couldn't even stay together as husband and wife. That's just one example. Typically, ultra-wealthy people... If you look around, they'll give like less than 1% of their net worth. They'll be like, oh, I gave away 10 million. I gave away 100 million. I gave away a billion. For most of them, it's typically, if you look at it, it's less than 1% of their net worth. And they're just getting glorified. And all the newspapers and media praising them for their gift that is a tiny, teeny portion, which they most of them probably make in income or uh, income off of their investments in less than a month. Uh, this even happens in many churches, sadly enough where churches promise buildings and halls and bricks and pews to be named after the biggest donors, right? If you give this, we're going to name this entire wing of the church after you. If you give this, we're going to put your name on that pew so you can sit on that pew every day knowing that your gift put you here. No, that's not, that's not what it's about. God calls us to, to give in silence so that no one would know, so that he gets the glory, not us. Now, if you're going to give a cup of water, the whole point of that uh, you go to Africa, you go to Mexico, you go to East Austin, and you give someone a cup of cold water, you give them a sandwich, you give them socks, you give them shoes, new or old, toys, whatever it is. It's not just giving it away. Anybody can do that. Someone who hates God can do that, and many of them do. It's giving them something so that you can then witness to them, so that you can share Christ with them. Here's a sandwich. And they're like, oh, you're so nice. That's so cool. Well, it's not from me. It's actually from Jesus. He wants you to know that you're loved, that you're special, that you're a child of his if you want to be, if you accept that adoption into his kingdom. Do you want to hear more, right? That's the whole purpose of us giving things, giving time, giving money away, is so that we can tell people about Jesus. Uh, what does God want us to do? He wants us to be generous with our finances, to serve other people, so that we may share the appeal with them, uh, uh, share the um, Bible with them. Matthew twenty three twelve says this, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So um, those people on earth who are giving all this money and exalting, them, exalting themselves, guess what? They're going to be humbled because God says it's really hard for a rich person to get to heaven. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get to heaven. So does um, let's look at Luke 6.24, which says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. God calls us to assume ourselves not, to deny ourselves, to humble ourselves, yet many Christians, and even more unbelievers, are using their finances as a way to glorify themselves. But remember this, every building will eventually rust and crumble, and will need to be renovated, and guess what? 
they will have a new building fund and your name will be replaced. But even while your name is on a building after you die, no one cares. Think about it. Does anyone know what kind of person Rockefeller was other than rich? Was he kind? Was he loving? Was he gentle? Was he an involved father? Over time, people don't know and they don't care about the person. But the person was so proud of themselves that they had to see their name in lights. It's it's very sad. Uh, right now, my son is doing uh, genealogy ancestry on our uh, family. It's his hobby right now. He's asking me these things. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about my great-grandparents. I hardly know anything about my grandparents. I know a lot about my parents. But it's like a generation later, that just is gone. No one's going to remember you. So make a name for Jesus, not for yourself. And let's see. And then verse 18. To Enoch was born Arad. Arad begot Mahujael. Mahujael basically means uh, wipe out the name of God. Right? This is what he was naming his uh, their children. Mahujael begot Methushael. And that name was Methushael. Uh, basically means that those who believe in God are dead. So they're basically saying, if you believe in God, you're dead. You're useless. And Methushael begot Lamech. And Lamech means poorly and lowly. So you can see where this is going. This degeneration focused on self, building an empire, building a city to themselves and a name. May we not do that. If you're a Christian, vow with me right now that we won't do that, that we won't put our names on buildings or pews or stained glass windows or anything. That when we give, it would not to be to be seen. It would be to glorify the name of Jesus, to be able to share the word of Jesus, to be able to share the beauty of Jesus. Lord, thank you. Help us to use our finances for you. Help us to give in the name of Jesus, not just to give to make ourselves feel good, but to give with purpose, and the purpose being that some it can open up a conversation for someone to be willing to listen to the truth, to the gospel, to what you want to share with them. Lord, help us to be meaningful with our time, to go and to serve, and to pray, and to give. We need your help because in our sinful flesh, Lord, we want to keep everything for ourselves. We want to spend all our time with ourselves, and uh, we don't want to give away, but open our hearts, Lord, to be want, to want to give and share, especially the gospel, Lord. In your name, amen. Everybody have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.